You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, we're off and running, people. Monday, March 30th. Good morning. How's everybody hanging in? Hopefully you are uh, hanging in, right? Doing okay, staying home, staying out of the danger zone as we kind of deal with what is... I guess kind of the new normal for the time being. So, uh, good morning. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Lots to do on this Monday, as it, uh, it's always the case. So you know the deal. One hour, run through it all, run through everything over the course of 60 minutes before Goal and Wingo come your way at six o'clock. Of course, the number, you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I'm on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. That is where you can vote on the rewatchable movie bracket, which has now made its way to the Elite Eight. The Elite Eight. Elite. Defined as the best or most skillful people in a group. Makes sense, right? We know what the word elite means. And this, it really has been a real, uh, fun time, a thrill, uh, the, with the rewatchable movie bracket. Uh, it was, it was fun to come up with the movies. It's been fun to vote on the movies at a time where we could all use a little bit of fun, right? Like who doesn't need some fun right now? You can't leave your house, basically. Everything's shut. Everything's uh, closed. So you can't go anywhere. You, you might have some, some fun times with your family and all that kind of stuff. But uh, at some point, you know, <laughs> you're looking for just some, some distractions. And the sports isn't there to be a distraction. So we've been all kind of looking for something. And uh, I think that it's come along at the perfect time, the perfect remedy. So to see, mo- not all of you, but most of you, ruin it with your awful selections over the weekend. Oh, my God. I mean, what the heck? Just some un conscionable to say i mean what is wrong with you what is wrong with you oh my god just two awful decisions no excuse and there's really only one area to blame and that's with you the voters i I mean how i can only put the questions out there for you to get the questions wrong repeatedly oh my god well, Gordon, you know, all the people can't be wrong. No, yes, they, well, not all of them, but a majority of them, yes, yes, they can. So we'll get into that as, uh, of course, we have a lot to do here over the uh, course of the hour. But also from a uh, sports perspective, you know, we have lost a lot during this crisis. And nobody's saying it's the most important things. Obviously, you know, you see the news, you see the headlines. I mean, you can't help but uh, notice with everything that's going on, your focus, if your focus is not, um, on sports right now. I totally get that, right? I mean, we, we're a sports show, so we're, and we're sports fans, so we're always going to kind of focus on that part of it. But, you know, you think about all the things as a sports fan that you've lost as a result of what's going on in the world right now with the coronavirus, you know, from the NCAA tournament, the athletes that have lost the sports, the Olympics getting postponed, baseball getting pushed back, you know. We're not going to run through them all. It would take the whole show. But the losses on the sports side have been huge. But the coronavirus, I, I don't know what, what the right word is for it. But the coronavirus beneficiary, and it's not sports, but it has been by far the biggest beneficiary is the new Netflix documentary, Tiger King. Have you heard about this? I think we had somebody last week bring it up uh, on the air, and I was – I was in the middle of it at the time, so I didn't want to, you know, give a review halfway through. 
But if you're online, if you're on Twitter, the memes are all on Instagram, they're all over the place. So you've probably heard about it. I have made it through the craziness of, I think it's seven episodes long. So I will have a review of Tiger King in the course of the show today. But And, and look, I will give you the proper review. I will give you the way the, the documentary series should be viewed. But based on how you people have voted on the rewatchable movie bracket and just... I mean, just you have to I have given you this beautiful thing, this beautiful idea. And um, unfortunately, you've torn it down and ruined it, much like uh, Frankenstein's monster. But uh, let's start with the sports news. And of course, the salute, as we do uh, every show, the, the theme song, which is long gone now because we're five minutes. It would be weird if the theme song was still playing now. But uh, a salute to all those people keeping us safe, fighting the fight against coronavirus directly, the doctors, the nurses, nurses, the hospital staff. All those conducting tests at the various testing sites. Plus, of course, you know, the secondary part of this as well, the people that are keeping the rest of us, the people that, you know, we're all sitting in our houses, keeping us functioning. You know, the supermarket workers, the cooks, the delivery guys, the Amazon workers, the UPS guys, the delivery guys, all of you, we thank you. So at a time where the actual news, it feels like um, it just gets worse and worse, right? I mean, they're building a field hospital in Central Park. Right. I mean, that's a scary, scary thing there and something that you never thought that you'd probably have to live through. But, you know, there is, at least in terms of sports news. Right. I don't think that there's any real good news yet. Right. We're not through this. We're not. I don't even know if we can really see the light at the end of the tunnel yet. But you're just kind of looking for silver linings, I think, if you're. You know, just a regular person or if you're a sports fan and, and you saw over the weekend or maybe you missed it, that uh, Rudy Gobert and Marcus Smart have both been cleared. So I think Donovan Mitchell who was cleared last week from coronavirus and, and Rudy Gobert. Those are the first two guys that uh, really, I think, in the scope of this story, kind of got the most attention. Those are the first two NBA guys. And not that the story had started at that point. We were already talking about it even before then. But when Rudy Gobert tests positive in that game, or right before the start of that game, and that game gets shut down, and then the NBA quickly announces that uh, they're going to postpone the season, at that point, that was the moment where the light switch flipped for me. You know, it was, it was, it was the story was one thing up until that point, and then the moment that happened, and that was a point where not that the case testing totals really can be. Um, trusted or not, not trusted, but uh, not that they're really significant because there's just no way to test the amount of people that we need to test to really know how many people are carrying it, how many people have been affected by it. But when that happened at a time where there was what, like 1,200 people in the entire country that had it and already an NBA player had had it, uh, that was the moment where you, you, you kind of, at least for me, took a step back and said, whoa, this is different than what I thought it was going to be. And it's hard to believe. Do you realize the Rudy Gobert positive test? That was 19 days ago. That was March 11th. It feels like it was three months ago, doesn't it? I mean, that feels like it was so long ago, and it's only 19 days. So there were two things sports-wise that I wanted to bring up if you want something to look forward to at Probably the toughest time to predict what is going to happen. But there was the story, Phil Mickelson, there was a guy on Twitter, Chris Yurko, 
who uh, tweeted, I guess it was Phil Mickelson. Maybe he did, Ti- yeah, he did Tiger as well. And he tweeted out, do you think there's a chance you two go play around, mic'd up with one camera guy, just to put it out there on a stream for people to watch, right? I mean, like as sports fans, we're, we're desperate for, for anything to watch. I've been holding off on watching the latest episode of Survivor just to kind of have some like kind of competition show to kind of watch. And um, Phil actually tweeted back at this guy working on it. So I don't know whether the, I mean, the feasibility of doing something like this at a time, it sounds all well and good, right? You just need Phil. You just need Tiger. You would just need, I guess, what, caddies, right? And a camera guy. It sounds kind of pie in the sky to me. I mean, they had all those problems when they just tried to do it last time on pay-per-view. Would I take it? Of course. Would I love for it to happen? Yeah, sure. But uh, am I holding out hope that that would be uh, a real that there's a real possibility of that happening? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. But um, we'll see. I mean, uh, I guess as we kind of get a little bit, I think this week, I think by the time we reach Friday, I think we'll have a kind of a better re, it almost feels like right now, maybe this is just me, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, at 1-800-919-ESPN, it feels like there's two schools of thought. It feels like there's one school of thought that this is going to, at some point, we're going to reach you know, the, the, the tipping point and that the cases are going to start to drop off. Now, I don't know when that is. Nobody can tell you where that is, but it feels like people are like, you know, it's not going to keep going up and up and up and up forever. So at some point, hopefully soon, but at some point, these things are going to hit a tipping point and then they're going to drop off. And that relatively soon, we're going to be back to at least picking up the pieces and kind of moving on. And then there's another school of thought that is, this is going to be here, I mean, throughout the year. Like 2020 is just going to be completely wiped out. And you had Kirk Herbstreet, who uh, I guess was it Friday that that story came out, that he said he didn't think there was going to be any college football or NFL football this year. Uh, I'm not ready to go to that point. I'm sorry. I can't handle that news right now. Like it's bad enough, all the things we've already lost as sports fans and this story and how bad it is. Uh, I can't go. <laughs> I can't deal with that right now. So uh, I think it's a little – um pie in the sky to think that Phil and Tiger are going to be able to go out there with one camera guy, stream it, and that, you know, it's it's great that we're all working from home. I don't know Tiger and Phil out on a golf course are going to be able to to make that work, uh, as as nice as it would be to have something to watch. Now, this did not get the, the major focus, and maybe it was because it was just him talking off the top of his head, but Mark Cuban did an interview with WFAA in Texas. And I guess he was asked about when is he looking at, not that anybody's going to hold him to it, but when is he looking at a possibility for the NBA to maybe get back up and running? Maybe not the games per se, right? Because there's going to be, you're going to have to get guys training and, 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 and that kind of stuff before you can just go. It's not like you can say, okay, here's the day. Everybody go back out on the court and let's start the playoffs. You're going to have to have some sort of training camp or training period. But he said he's hopeful that by the middle of May, we're starting to get back to normal and the NBA is playing games. The middle of May, playing games. Quote, maybe not with fans. I mean, you know, no one has a per- has perfect information right now. So all decisions are tough. But, you know, if I had to guess, based on the people I've talked to at the CDC and other places, I would say the over-under would be June one. And I'm taking the under. Well, 
Look, it's a time that it's impossible to know what's going to take place next month. It's it's impossible to know what's going to happen next week. I mean, we might get to Friday of this week and uh, things might feel different than they were at, at this moment right now. And maybe he is just running off of the mouth. Mark Cuban does like to uh, to talk and all those. I mean, that would be fantastic news. That would be fantastic news. But, you know, there is also the conversation that you'd have to have of weighing Bringing sports back, that would obviously help people, right? We're all sports fans. I'm just saying, you know, I'd love to have something to watch. And the NBA, I mean, if there was some way to feasibly do it, even in an arena with no fans, just to be able to have something that kind of gives you that sense of normalcy again, that would be fantastic. But you also have to weigh, would it hurt in the overall effort against the 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 coronavirus? Because... People, I think a good section of people would think, okay, NBA is back. I guess I can go back to my normal life. How bad can it be? And there's this balancing act. Already right now, as we're in the throes of it, and all the news is all folk. I mean, like, you can't get away from it in terms of a story. And yet there's still a good section of the population who's not taking it all that seriously. I myself, as I've said, I'm not optimistic that the NBA season is going to be resumed. I'm not optimistic that the NHL season is going to be resumed. There's just so much to do in such a short period of time, especially for the NHL. But when you're kind of, you know, rolling down the rapids here, looking for any little tree branch on the side that could help you get through the, the raging waters, it's nice to think that maybe, and this is Mark Cuban saying it, that maybe by mid-May, we might actually be kind of through the worst of the times, which is something nice to think about considering we're nowhere close to that right now. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So coming up, uh, as things stand right now, we have 24 days until the NFL draft. And it seems like the Giants, if they stand pat at four, and given Dave Gettleman's history, trading down from four doesn't seem like it's a real possibility, but... They will have a very interesting choice to make. So we can get into that a little bit. Plus, as I said, I, I completed the wild ride that is Tiger King on Netflix. So I'll give you a review of that. We got to update the review, the uh, reviewable movie bracket. And our first spot in the final four is up for grabs today. So I'll tell you what matchup that is. Kind of detailed some of the uh, sports stories of the, uh, of the course of the weekend, right? Mark uh, Cuban going out there saying that he's thinking it's possible by mid-May that uh, the NBA could be back. Now, he's, he's going off really, you know, just conversations that he's having with people, and it's just kind of a projection right now. But even that projection, to think that there will be a way to save the NBA season, I think is um, is optimistic at a time where there's not a lot of optimism in the world. We touched on the Tiger Woods, uh, Phil Mickelson possibility and uh, how it seems like it's a little bit uh, pie in the sky. But there was one other big story that I have to admit when I saw it, I went, whoa. And I guess at this point, really, I don't think that we should be saying whoa at any more about anything that involves the coronavirus. But I have to admit, when I first saw the story, I was like, oh, my God. Um, the owner of the Knicks and Rangers, James Dolan, tested positive for the coronavirus they uh, released a statement saying that uh, he is experiencing little to no symptoms and is self-isolating. So he would be the first, I think, right, first sports owner to have tested positive for the virus. Not to say he's the only one that has it, because, again, the testing is um, 
is so hard to uh, really get a read on. But uh, hopefully he's uh, doing okay. And according to them, he says uh, little to no symptoms. I would I would simply say, you know, if he's if he's suffering little, you know, little to no symptoms, I would wonder why he got tested in the first place or how he got tested in the first place. But uh, hopefully he's uh, doing all right. James Dolan is 64 years old. Hey, you know, I think that's a. I would have thought that he was a, a little bit uh, younger than that, 64. So hopefully he's uh, doing okay, self-isolating like the – really, like, isn't everybody kind of self-isolating at this point? <laughs> you know, you're in your ha- – I mean, maybe you're not self-isolating in your own house, although there's there's times where I know when uh, the schoolwork is going on, I feel like self-isolating myself. <laughs> i got to be honest. i got to get away from this. But um, hopefully everybody – you know, uh, hopefully he's doing okay and um, – It'll be uh, not too long before uh, things, um, you know, he's uh, through the the woods like uh, we talked about with uh, Rudy Gobert. And, you know, the one thing about Rudy Gobert, like the thing that really popped off uh, about when he tested positive, he came out, he said he was doing okay, but he couldn't like smell or taste. I would I would like a little update on that, right? Like, (laughs) can he can he smell and taste again? Did that come back? Because it doesn't, uh, there's no update in the story about whether his senses uh, actually uh, resumed as normal. All right, so it's the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. And we talked about in the open there about things that we're doing to kind of keep our mind busy, looking for the distractions in the world while we wait for sports to kind of resume. And the one thing that has been a galvanizing force, at least on Twitter and uh, social media, has been this new Netflix documentary called Tiger King. It's a, a documentary series. It's more than one episode. It's not like just one, like two hour. It's a, a documentary series about the, I guess, kind of like small town zoos across America, but it mainly focuses on this one zoo that is in Oklahoma that is run by this guy named Joe Exotic. And it premiered, I guess it was released on Netflix, when was that? March 20th, March 19th, somewhere around there. And it has basically been the number one thing on Netflix. Netflix now lets you know what the number one, I guess they have a top 10 now. And given the world that we live in right now, where everybody's streaming everything, this has been the one, I I would say, beneficiary of the whole coronavirus story is, is that everybody has been kind of watching this documentary. And I love a good documentary. I'm not so sure that this is one. There are far better documentaries on Netflix. And that's the one thing they do really well. Like every once in a while, people will tell you there's a series on Netflix. It's just amazing. Oh, my God. It's generally not that great. It's great for Netflix, but it's usually not that great. But documentaries... Because they just have the available space to fill, I think that they, that's the one thing that they do really well. And I'll tell you another thing. People, when they tell you there's a movie on Netflix, all the movies on Netflix are rejects from Hollywood. They're not good movies. Like that, remember that one that had the, what was it, Bird Box or something like that, where they're not allowed to look at anybody? You don't like that, that one? The, oh, that was the dopiest thing ever. Now, did it fill an entertainment hole? It filled an entertainment hole. And if it were released right now, if they could go back in time and hold that out until right now, people would be making it out like it was Citizen Kane. But it was not that good. No, it was a it was a bit silly, but terrible you know, ending. Again, terrible. I mean, I, I mean, just completely fell apart at the end. But like, how are you going to end it, right? Like, how are you going to do something? 
But all right, so the Tiger King, the best comparison I can give you, and Brian, I might, I might, I, I need your help here because you're the more the, the bigger wrestling guy than I am. Okay, it's the Royal Rumble. Yes. Where they have the two guys in the ring, and then every five minutes, every five minutes or every two minutes. Now it's like every ninety seconds. Ninety seconds. Okay, mm. so every ninety seconds they have a new. It's a it's a battle royale, where all the you know it's like thirty wrestlers that are uh, a part of it, but every couple of minutes a new guy comes into the ring. Right, yes. and then it starts with two, but it usually gets up to you know it could be up to twenty guys, and then sometimes guys get thrown out before other guys get in there, but every few minutes a new wrestler comes in the ring correct yeah that would be what i would use as the comparison for the tiger king wow when you're watching <laughs> tiger now. king yeah <laughs> when you're watching tiger but instead of a wrestler it's another crazy person it's another person uh... that is off the reservation and just an absolute lunatic so when you're watching an episode you're thinking to yourself all right i got this guy joe exotic I got another guy down in Florida by the name of Doc Antle, and you have this woman who is the head of um, this other competing organization against Joe Exotic named uh, Carol Baskin. That's her. That's his nemesis. And you're thinking to yourself, wow, all these people are crazy. But then every five minutes, some new character gets introduced, and that person's even more crazy. Like you will, it, it's almost like the comparison I use with Michael Jackson. Like with when Michael Jackson was still alive, there would be points where you'd say to yourself, "Oh my God, this guy, he can't get any crazier." And then five minutes down the road, he would do something that was even crazy. That's what this documentary is like. Every five minutes, a new crazy person gets introduced to the uh, to the mix. So for all in you every cool cats episode? and kittens out there, what's that? In every single episode, there's a new crazy person? Yeah, I would say in every, well, maybe not a person, but there is a development in every episode where you say, well, they can't get any crazier than that. And then five, ten minutes down the road, something happens and you're thinking to yourself, oh my God. They're, now, I don't want to give anything away, but I mean, from the guy Joe Exotic, who is just, I mean, if, if... An energy drink could be laced with crack cocaine. That's that's what this guy would be like. I mean, this guy is just completely out of his gourd insane. Uh, and he's the main person that brings about the craziness. But the Carol Baskin, the woman who is like his nemesis, she's nuts. Her new husband, nuts. The stories about her old husband, nuts. The guy Doc Antle and the stories about him and things that he oh, he's nuts. Speaking of wrestling, I think that Doc Antle guy yeah. met Undertaker. Like Undertaker went to the zoo or something like that because well, he posted I mean, it on social yeah, media. Yeah, I'm sure. I think uh, I think Shaq was at the one. The, now, there's a, the Joe Exotic Zoo is in Oklahoma or was in Oklahoma. I don't want to give anything away, but that zoo is in Oklahoma, and then the Doc Antle one is down in Florida. And it, I mean, if you're into that sort of thing where you want to get like a close up experience with either baby tigers or Real, you know, like fully grown tigers. Um, it's an, it looks like it is an amazing experience. Now you have 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 to have the conversation of whether or not you feel like it's right to be able to profit on the. Uh, you know, that's all the conversation that people have to have. But in terms of, you know, if you're a celebrity and you have money to burn, it's not cheap. I think like one of these experiences, like a couple hundred dollars, like three hundred dollars for the day. Um, but if you're a celebrity and you want to go get your pic- picture taken with a tiger, that's where you go. So I'm sure this guy Doc Antle or the guy Joe Exotic, 
Maybe Oklahoma is not as accessible as Florida, but yeah, I'm sure he's had tons of celebrities that uh, have uh, taken you know the opportunity to do so. But I mean, the story itself, too many things to list. I would certainly give it a watch. It certainly uh, it needed at this time. Is it a great documentary? No, but is it entertaining? Absolutely. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Speaking of nuts. The rewatchable movie bracket. I uh, had a rough weekend, you know, kind of looking at the results as they were being tabulated. Keep, I, I, I kept hoping that people would eventually come to their senses. I don't know why I would think that, but they did not. Two, two of the worst decisions in the entire bracket. And that's really saying something. Keep in mind what that means. Animal House losing in the first round. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Not making it out of the first round. Gladiator losing to Dark Knight, Big Lebowski losing in the second round, Boogie Nights losing in the first round. Two decisions over the weekend that were just inexcusable. And I guess the, the, I, I must have screwed up the voting because the voting technically is uh, still open on the um, on the two. Uh, I think you left it for three days or something like that. Yeah, well, I left it for over the weekend, but there's only seven minutes left, so I feel confident that neither decision is going to change at this point. But the two decisions that were made from the Friday show, it was in the action region, Jaws versus Dark Knight. And in the uh, the wild card region, it was coming to America versus The Hangover. The decisions made are just inexcusable. And as things stand right now, it's pretty clear Dark Knight is advancing over Jaws. I mean, people. I know I have a soft spot for Jaws. My wife asked me over the weekend, is Jaws your favorite movie of all time? I said, no, I don't think it's my favorite movie of all time. But it's the first, it was my first love. It was the first movie that I fell in love. Like that was at a time where we had just gotten HBO. It was probably what, like 1978? I don't know when it first came out on HBO. But it, I remember they used to send you when you had HBO back then, or cable vision, I guess, maybe, they used to send you a specific TV guide that would tell you, you know, all the things that were going to be on because it wouldn't be listed in the regular TV guide. And what would happen was in the on the last page, when you turned over the last page, like the back cover, coming next month, it would tell you what was coming next month. And I remember seeing Jaws was coming next month. Now, that was not a movie that I was allowed to go see in the theater. But with on HBO, we knew, oh, my God, Jaws is coming. So that was my first love. So I have a soft spot for Jaws. But as I've told you a thousand times, there's a reason why Jaws is on basically every day. It's because it's eminently rewatchable. So to see Jaws, one of the Mount Rushmore movies, probably of rewatchable movies, go down to a movie like Dark Knight is just it's just outrageous. I can't even come up with the words through my rage of how bad of a decision. And keep in mind, it wasn't even close. It opened with Dark Knight blowing away the field. And it ended, still with five minutes left, 65-35. I mean, what are you people thinking about? What What, what is going on? And somebody floated, well, Gordon, this is a this is a, a case of a great performance. Heath Ledger as the Joker beating a great movie. 
And I would simply say, no, it's not. No, it's not. Heath Ledger, as the Joker, is this incredible, uh, this incredible performance. If you want to believe that, fine. Here's the problem with that. Everybody who plays the Joker, they always tell you how amazing their performance is. I remember when Jack Nicholson was the Joker in the, in the Batman with, um, with Michael uh, Keaton. Michael Keaton, right. Oh my God, he's amazing. Mark Hamill. Luke Skywalker, when he does the voice in the uh, the cartoon, I don't even know what it is, but I know it's a cartoon version. Oh my God, he's so amazing as the Joker. Heath Ledger, Joaquin Phoenix as Joker, phenomenal performance. And that, to me, was the best movie of last year. Now, it's not really, I don't think it's really a rewatchable movie because it does get dark there. At the end. Whoa, that gets dark. But he was amazing. It's a character that's so over the top that people, oh, oh my God. He's so amazing. That's an easy character to play. The harder acting is being interesting when you're not doing all the big movements, right? It's about being interesting in the small movements, in the small moments, keeping your attention when the character's not screaming or crying. So what it shows me, that one decision, Dark Knight over Jaws, shows me that I am absolutely to be trusted when it comes to the superhero nerds. They can't be trusted. Because they just vote, oh, it's a superhero, superhero, superhero. They just look at superhero movies. And unfortunately, Dark Knight advancing past Jaws really makes me worry about the, uh, the entire, the entire tournament. The entire tournament could go down in flames because of the terrible decisions of the vast majority of people. And then you have the other matchup that was, um, coming to America versus the hangover. Now I, I got criticized. For making Coming to America a nine seed, I guess I probably could have bumped it up a, a little bit more. So I like Coming to America. It's a very top heavy movie. And in terms of rewatchability, that, that should hurt a movie if it's really good in the first half, because if you're rewatching it, you're generally not picking it up right from jump, right? You're flipping around the channels and it's on. Oh, I already missed the first 20 minutes. I already missed the first half hour. I already missed the first hour. So that should hurt it a little bit. There's no question, though, even as top-heavy as Coming to America is, it should have beaten The Hangover. And uh, the fact that it didn't, all I will say is The Hangover is so vastly overrated. And how you know that, and how I know that, I know that going in, but trying to find clips of The Hangover, there's no really iconic scenes in The Hangover. There's no scenes that are going to live, I mean, when we're if you were doing this tournament, 20 years from now, The Hangover wouldn't be included in the bracket in the greatest rewatchable movies of all time. It's just that you've seen it recently and you think to yourself, hey, you know what? I've seen The Hangover. Let me vote for that one. It's very, it's a terrible job, terrible job by the voters. At least that one was close. At least that one was uh, in the ballpark. And I had some hope that maybe coming to America might be able to come back and win and at least add a little bit of respectability. If the hangover makes the final four, what an indictment, not of the tournament. The tournament is still a brilliant idea by me. The movies come up with brilliant by me, but the hangover, which was one of the last movies in the field to be making this run. It just feels so disappointing and so deflating at a time where we need some good news. So I just simply say to the people uh, voting, uh, pick it up, pick it up people.
first time in 15 years, Andre the Giant had ever been defeated. How many millions and millions of people have seen this and witnessed the greatest match I've ever seen? All right, so uh, Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Body Ventura from, uh, I don't know, what year was that, Brian? 87? Yeah, it's a long time ago now. That is WrestleMania three, the anniversary of which was yesterday. And uh, Hulk Hogan slamming Andre the Giant. I got to say, that's probably, I was at WrestleMania's one and two. I don't think I went to three, but I was still focused on wrestling at that time. But I think that that was right about the time that I started to uh, kind of uh, drift my attention and get into other things at, uh, in terms of sports and entertainment. So uh, there you go. The uh, big moment from, uh, ni- I think, 1987. Check that, Brian, just to make sure that I'm right on that. Sometimes my all the years start to run together after a while. But there, our moment of inspiration for this Monday morning. It, it was 1987. Oh, look at that. I nailed In the Silverdome. So the Silverdome. Of course, Pontiac Silverdome, 93,000. Although that's the numbers that uh, the the WWE gave us at the time, but that yeah. was always like the big the, the big number they always repeat ninety three thousand. It probably was ninety three. It was always disputed. Huge. Yes, it was always disputed, but uh, at least uh, in terms of um, what the number was at the time, that uh, what they would always give out. But uh, Andre the Giant getting slammed, and I always found it funny. Like he got he had gotten slammed before that. I'm pretty sure Hogan had slammed him before that at other times. But of course they built that up, and uh, that was the story of WrestleMania three. So uh, certainly. Our moment of inspiration for this Monday. Tough to find any highlights, so a lot of times we're, we're, we're casting our minds back to things that happened in the past. But uh, do want to remind you in these trying times, it's important to remember we pull together as a community. Small businesses all over are going to be feeling the uh, impacts, the effects of the uh, pandemic for a very, very long time. So if you are a small business trying to get the word out that you're still up and running, you're serving your community, you have a pickup service, delivery service, let us know. Send an email, 987ESPN at Gmail, and let us know what your story is, where you're operating, where your store is, and we can pass the word along to the, to our community, like Lion's Head Tavern, located at 995 Amsterdam Avenue, right near Columbia University. They are open and offering delivery as well as to-go orders for all of your food and beverage needs. Give the owners, JJ and Mike, a call, 212-866-1030. To place an order or to talk Mets baseball, either one, whatever you want to do. And you can also visit their website at lionsheadnyc.com for special offers. So, okay, so that's that out of the way. Our poll question for today with a spot in the final four up for grabs. A little dramatic music there, Brian. I was trying to figure out what we obviously this is going to be a, a regional final whichever one you go with because we're down to the final four and uh, our final four is up you can see the uh, we uh, updated the bracket i finally got my wife to uh, help me out and uh, do the bracket for me the final four which will be decided this week will be decided from one of these eight movies the drama region we're at goodfellas godfather Comedy region, My Cousin Vinny, Wedding Crashers. Action region, Die Hard, Dark Knight. And then the wild card region, we have Hangover, Back to the Future. So the question was, on a Monday, do you jump right in with the drama? We've, 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 the first choice has generally been the drama region. Do you go action? Do you go comedy? I decided at least for today. And first off, I, what did I say on Friday? 
I said that the uh, we were going to have the highest vote totals in the ones that we had on Friday. And we absolutely did. Almost 1,500 people voting on Dark Knight Jaws. Now, most of them got it wrong. I don't know what the, I'd have to break down. The, I'd have to go back and do the math to figure out what part of 64.4% of you are out of your minds picking the Dark Knight. But thank you for voting, at least, even if you didn't get it wrong. But anyway, the matchup that I have decided to go with for today is to decide the regional final in the wildcard region. In one corner, we have the number seven seed, Back to the Future. Give me, give me a tab. Tab? I can't give you a tab unless you order something. All right, give me a Pepsi free. You want a Pepsi, pal? You're going to pay for it. Look, just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Some of that sugar. All right, so there you go. Back to the Future is the one contender. The other is the number 13 seed, The Hangover. Hey, welcome to Caesars. Hi. Hello. Checking in? Yes. Yeah. We have a reservation under Dr. Price. Okay, let me look that up for you. Dr. Price? <clears throat> Stu, you're a dentist. Hey, don't try and get fancy. It's not fancy if it's true. He's a dentist. Don't get too excited. And if uh, someone has a heart attack, you should still call 911. We'll be sure to do that. Can I ask you a question? Do you know if the hotel's pager-friendly? What do you mean? I'm not getting a sig on my beeper. I'm not sure. Is there a payphone bank? Bunch of payphones? Business? Um, there's a phone in your room. That'll work. All right, so there you go. There's the hangover. So that's the matchup for today. Regional final in the wild card region. Back to the future versus the hangover. I don't know if that was a, a real funny clip from the hangover. I'm having a difficult time finding any really funny clips from the hangover, mainly because it's just not that funny, people. It's not a classic all-time comedy. And I'm hoping, oh my God, I'm hoping that people will eventually get this right. Because if we look back, if we get to the final four, and The Hangover is one of the mo- I, I, I feel like it's an indictment of the whole process that it, it can't you can't be trusted. But at least so far, it's nip and tuck. So you can vote on Back to the Future versus The Hangover. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer, and we'll run the poll up until uh, tomorrow showtime. So plenty of time to get in. But if you have your burner accounts, you can certainly get those involved as well. And we'll take all the votes that we can get. So the the overall total that we're looking to shoot for is 1,462. That's the uh, most total votes that we've gotten. And I believe Dark Knight versus Jaws is also the most commented on poll question. We we had, what, uh, 19 people commented on that one. I had to stop looking at them at some point just because my sheer rage was going to get me into trouble. But uh, certainly, you can vote on it. You can comment on it. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Dammer. And hopefully... Hopefully, people will at least uh, get it right on this one. And a lot of times people say, well, you know, whatever the most recent movie is, is the one that wins. That's not always the case. I mean, The Godfather is still hanging tough as a number two seed. My Cousin Vinny, not exactly a new comedy by any stretch of the imagination. That's still doing fine. Die Hard came out in 88, I think. So that's still uh, part of the uh, part of the mix. So it's not always the most recent one, but at least here... Back to the Future versus The Hangover. We'll see which one uh, comes out on top. In case you're just joining us, we have uh, focused on the sports news today. The uh, story, I guess it was Friday, 
that Mark Cuban had this interview where he said that uh, he is looking at from the people that he has spoken to at the CDC, but I'm guessing people within basketball as well. I'm sure in the course of a day, especially now that he's uh, all cooped up, I'm sure that uh, Mark Cuban's talking to people constantly. He is looking at possibly as mid-May as a possibility or for when maybe the NBA is back to normal and playing games again. Quote, maybe not with fans. I mean, you know, no one has perfect information right now, so all decisions are tough. But, you know, if I had to guess, based on the people I've talked to at the CDC and other places, I would say the over-under would be June 1st, and I'm taking the under. I don't know uh, if he's just kind of shooting off at the lip there or if that's something that is really feasible. I guess it's kind of tough to have any real information at this point about when that might take place. But let's hope that that's the case. That would be fantastic if we can get through these times. And then by, you know, maybe the start of May, we're kind of through the real heart of this and we can actually start to think about life after this, because right now it's very hard to think that. And then, of course, we touched on the announcement over the weekend that James Dolan is uh, suffering from uh, Corona, or at least he's tested positive. I don't know if he's uh, suffering, per se, is the right word. According to the, uh, the statement, little to no symptoms, and he's self-isolating. First uh, major pro sports owner to have known to be uh, tested positive for the virus there. And then you get the other news from the NBA that uh, both uh, Rudy Gobert and Marcus Smart have cleared and they have been uh, negative for coronavirus after testing positive for so that good news for them that they're uh, kind of over it. And then uh, we've, to- we've talked a lot about the rewatchable movie bracket, which uh, today we are deciding the regional final in the wild card region. So much criticism of that region. So many uh, negative comments about my picks of movies there. And uh, who's left? Well, who's left is the number seven seed, Back to the Future, and the number 13 seed, The Hangover. And you can vote on the rewatchable movie bracket on Twitter at Gordon Damer. Which movie, if they're both on, Back to the Future and The Hangover, which one are you watching? You can vote on that up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. But the other sports story that we have not covered, and it's something that we're going to be focusing on a lot because it's the one sporting event that gains our attention just in any year. And this year it's going to be even a bigger focus because it's going to be the only show in town. And that is the NFL draft. And the Giants, a very interesting conversation is going to be had about what they do at number four. Now, I don't know how interesting of a conversation it's going to be about what they will do. Because as we've seen under Dave Gettleman, at least in the first round, by the time we get close to draft day, you know pretty much what the Giants are going to do. A couple of years ago, it was pretty clear. All the signs were out there. They were taking Saquon Barkley. They were not taking a quarterback. It was it was telegraphed as well as anything could be telegraphed. And it turned out to be absolutely uh, right. And then last year, maybe not at this point, but I think even at this point last year, there were already rumblings that the Giants were starting to fall in love with Daniel Jones. So the conversation is going to be, what should they do more than what they will do? Because it's pretty clear at this point, they're going to go offensive tackle. They're not going to trade down. They're not going to get another draft pick or two, which they absolutely should be looking to do. But the real choice is, do they go offensive tackle or do they go Isaiah Simmons? And to me, the conversation should be not about fixing the biggest need right now, as it is getting the best player available. The Giants are still in the process of building a team. They are not ready to compete yet, Whether or not they're ready to compete in a couple of years remains to be seen. 
So to me, it's not about filling the biggest need. Now, they have to address the offensive line. I'm not saying avoid fixing the offensive line. But there are other air, there are other draft uh, rounds that they can do that. Whereas in the first round, to me, it should be about taking the best player available at an impact position. And Isaiah, Th- uh, Isaiah Simmons, Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Simmons would certainly fill that much more than just an offensive tackle. But that's a conversation we're going to be continuing to have. Please vote on the uh, poll question for today. It's up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. We'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.